Hey listeners, I recently launched an ad-free Serial Napper feed so that you can enjoy the podcast without interruptions. Elevate your Serial Napper listening experience by joining my Patreon community and get yourself an ad-free feed on Spotify. For just $2 a month, you can become a member today and unlock ad-free episodes while still supporting the podcast. It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. Hey everyone, konnichiwa, Nikki Young here, back with my new true crime podcast, Serial Napper. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you're keeping safe and healthy during these um, crazy times. I have been trying to stay busy. (laughs) Let's be real, I guess I have been pretty busy. Homeschooling my seven-year-old son, you know, drinking wine when I can, and eating a ton of food. I realize that not everyone is able to do these things while shut in, so I'm basically just at home feeling extremely grateful. I've also found the time to listen to some new podcasts, and I'm completely hooked on the series Full Body Chills. If you like spooky stories or if you're a Black Mirror kind of girl, you know, the Netflix show, make sure you check it out. One of the episodes that I recently listened to involved a mannequin, and I won't spoil it for you because it is a really, really good episode and a really good series, but I did a little bit of digging after listening to the episode to see if it was a true case, and while it doesn't appear to be, it led me to tonight's story. Now, I'm going to cover a case that is technically solved, But I would say that justice most certainly has not been served, at least in my opinion. It's an incredibly sad story involving some of society's most vulnerable, the homeless. And by the end of it, you're going to want to scream. Now, if you like this episode and this podcast, I would love it if you could take just a few minutes to review me on whatever podcasting app or website you're listening to me on. Now, if you're ready, grab a drink, grab a snack, let's jump in. Daniel Aldape was 46 years old, living on the harsh streets of Las Vegas. Originally hailing from Chicago, Daniel was said to love Chicago sports, heavy metal, and animals. He had worked in radio for a while and then at Home Depot when he found himself hard on his luck and he was given a spot to live at a homeless shelter. Unfortunately, it wasn't long before he found himself out on the streets of Las Vegas. It was 2017, and he often found himself sleeping near the intersection of City Parkway and Grand Central Parkway. Now, those who aren't familiar with the area, such as myself, I did a little bit of digging, and apparently this is a very common area for homeless people to sleep at night. One chilly night on January 4th of 2017, 
Daniel was found bludgeoned with a severe head injury that happened while he was sleeping. His skull was completely crushed. Now, it's not uncommon for Las Vegas to have homeless crime, with a rate of about 272 homeless individuals per 100,000 people, the city of Las Vegas ranked 7th among the cities with the highest homeless rate. Sometimes these homeless crimes can lead to murder, and the police initially thought that the victim may have had an argument or dispute with someone else from the homeless community. Daniel had been living on the streets for about four months before he was killed. Still, he kept in touch with his family, calling every few weeks to catch up. But because of his transient nature and the difficulty finding next of kin, his family didn't learn about his slang for a full 20 days after his death. He was a good person, said Fred Schalk, the man who had raised him. He wasn't a fighter. He would never hurt anybody. He was good. Daniel was supposed to participate in his sister's wedding in June before his killing, but instead, his family would now have to bury him, with so many questions as to what may have happened to him. While police investigated, the world carried on. Las Vegas is a busy, bustling city, and the police are, you know, just trying to keep up. Here are a few stats I found from the FBI for 2018, which will give you a little bit of a better picture of what Las Vegas looks like in terms of crime. Las Vegas crime rates are 33% higher than the national average. Violent crimes in Las Vegas are 59% higher than the national average. And in Las Vegas, you have a 1 in 30 chance of becoming a victim of crime. So, sadly, one can probably speculate that the murder of a homeless man likely wasn't a top priority. Then, almost a month to the day, right across the street, a second person was found killed in a very similar manner. This is when the police really started to pay attention. Just a month after Daniel was killed, 60-year-old Dave Dunn was bludgeoned to death while sleeping near the same intersection as Daniel. At a memorial later on, one of his friends spoke about how he first met Dave while waiting in line at a nearby McDonald's. Dave, with crazy thick glasses, came up to him and said, Do you want something? And he bought him a soda. When the friend asked, Aren't you going to get something too? He said, I don't have any money. That was Dave. He would give his last penny to anyone. After the service and during 2.30 p.m. mealtime, which Dave attended regularly, the lunchroom at the homeless shelter was full of friends sharing memories of their lost loved one. But the chair where Dave usually sat was empty. Instead, it was marked by a bouquet of flowers and a single candle and surrounded by his many sad, quiet friends. Police began to make the connection. It was clear that these two killings were connected. Not only were they related by geography and how close they were together, but they were also both homeless and they were both sleeping in open areas by themselves in the dead of winter when this happened. It's not common for two murders to happen across the street from each other that look exactly the same. Two men killed by blunt force trauma while they slept. It just couldn't be a coincidence, and the police knew it. So, while the police knew the two had to be connected, 
They feared that there would be another victim soon, and they had absolutely no leads to go on. There were no weapons left behind, no witnesses to the murders, and unfortunately, no surveillance video in the area. Andrew Walsh of the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department was assigned to the case, and he knew he could be dealing with a potential serial killer, which meant that he had to act fast. Walsh came up with a really bold idea to capture the murderer committing these atrocities on Las Vegas' streets. His idea? To use a mannequin disguised as a homeless person sleeping as part of a sting operation to lure the killer back to the same spot. He reached out to the captain in charge of the search and rescue section and asked him if they still used life-size sea and rescue CPR mannequins for training. Luckily, they did, and so he asked if he could borrow one. Thinking about it now makes me giggle a little. I can only imagine what people may have thought about his plan. It's definitely something out of the box, but hey, kudos to him for coming up with something so inventive. And in fact, his captain and many of the police force thought his plan was crazy, and they didn't hesitate to tell him so. While most of them thought that this would never, ever work, they had no time to lose, and with no leads, they didn't really have any other ideas to try. So, they dressed up this CPR mannequin in clothes that would make it appear like a homeless man. Walsh told his force that they would put the dummy out during a time when there weren't very many people around, and that they would be doing surveillance on the dummy. A sergeant brought in some boots and one of his wife's blankets. They got a knit hat and they watched how the homeless guys set up their sleeping areas at night. Then they set it up to make it look like their dummy was a person sleeping. They had cameras installed in that intersection as well as human surveillance patrolling in the area. The team nicknamed the mannequin Charlie McCarthy after a gig on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Charlie, the mannequin, would drive around with the officers each day until they found the perfect spot to set him up, where it would look like he was sleeping. They placed him, set him up, made it look like he was sleeping, and watched all night to see if anything would happen. Once daylight broke, the detectives would scoop him up and put him in the car until the next day. After three weeks, this crazy idea that Walsh had 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 finally paid off. On February 22, 2017, police watched as a man was seen pacing around a downtown street corner in the dark of night for nearly 14 minutes. The man pulled out a small sledgehammer from a white plastic Little Caesars pizza bag and took two quick shuffle steps near the head of the dummy. Then he hit the dummy over the head repeatedly. The hammer recoiled after each blow, and the man slowly walked away before being stopped by police. They could not believe what they are witnessing, and there is actually video footage of this happening. I'm going to post a link to this video footage on my Facebook page, so make sure you check it out at Serial Napper. The man was apprehended and identified as a 30-year-old named Shane Schindler. He was brought into the station for questioning and jailed on an attempted murder charge. Now, during interviewing, Schindler told detectives that he knew he was not attacking a human being when he struck the dummy. 
Now, here's a quote from homicide detective Dan Long, who testified in court later. He told us he was walking along in the area and he saw a dummy. He said he knew it was a dummy because it wasn't breathing and it wasn't moving and he thought it was funny, so he kicked it. But if you have a look at the video footage, and again, I'm going to post the video on my Facebook page, he doesn't kick the dummy at all. So I don't even know why he brought this up. But obviously, he knew he had to make up a lie quickly. And, you know, he went with the, I knew it was a dummy lie. Again, it makes zero sense. Why would you hit a dummy, of all things, over the head with a hammer? This is the food subscription service I've been waiting for. Individual servings of fresh, never-frozen meals ready to go in just two minutes so that I can enjoy a restaurant-quality meal without having to go out. I received my first order of Factors Delicious Ready-to-Eat Meals yesterday, and I'm thoroughly impressed. I went with their vegan plus veggie plan because I've been trying to add more vegetables to my day, but they have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. The vegan mushroom marsala to die for. So fresh and flavorful, and all I had to do was pop it in the oven for 5 minutes before eating. I'm all about convenience and eating on the go because I have a really busy schedule, but I don't want to eat fast food every day. Factors meals are perfectly portioned for me and ready to heat without prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. And the math is mathing. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. They also offer flexible plans that allow you to choose your meals every week and pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime you need to. And now you, my listeners, have the opportunity to try Factor's restaurant-quality meals at a great deal. Head to factormeals.com slash napper50 and use code napper50 to get 50% off. That's code NAPPER50 at factormeals.com slash NAPPER50 to get 50% off. I love to travel. From the bustling city of Tokyo to the beaches of Thailand, there's nothing I enjoy more than getting the chance to see the world and experience different cultures firsthand. But the language barrier, it can be an issue. Sure, you can use an app on your phone, but things often get lost in translation. I truly believe that learning at least some of the language of the land that you're visiting is the first step to ensuring a smooth and meaningful experience. That's why I'm excited about Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. Rosetta Stone has been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Japanese, Spanish, German, Korean, Italian, and more. Learning a new language can be tough, especially with all of the different nuances. But Rosetta Stone is designed to help you speak like a local, so you'll feel confident in what you're saying. I don't know how many times I've been traveling to a new country and struggled to get my point across just because I wasn't properly pronouncing something that I thought I knew, which is why I love Rosetta Stone's built-in true accent feature, which helps you master your accent. 
They also have convenient desktop and app options so you can learn on the go. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership includes all 25 languages. So once you're finished learning one language, you can start on another. Whether you're an avid traveler like me or just want to impress your friends with a new skill, it's a steal of a deal at 50% off. That's right, 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today today. Schindler pleaded not guilty to attempted murder and carrying a concealed weapon. He told detectives that he often slept on the street and in parking lots without a bedroll, sleeping bag, or a blanket. But the detective observed that Schindler was wearing extremely clean black athletic shoes and his hands were also meticulously clean. He likely was lying about that as well. Schindler told detectives that he bought the hammer from a homeless man for $3 in the downtown area. And of course, this would turn out to be a lie too. He was booked into jail, but later released, and police set up a surveillance team which followed him to the Henderson Motel. At the hotel, police searched his room. They found a receipt for a hammer that had been returned, and they confiscated a second hammer. On his cell phone, police found two selfies of Schindler apparently lying on his back near where Daniel and Dave were found dead of head trauma. A sewer cover near Schindler's head in each of the selfie can be seen on the surveillance video, so he had been at these locations before. So even with all of these links, even with all of these connections, okay, he attacked a dummy with a hammer. He had a hammer on him and he had um, another hammer in his possession at his hotel. He had selfies of himself at these locations. The investigator struggled to find evidence strong enough to pursue charges in the killings. It was all just circumstantial evidence and they needed a lot more to go to court. And this is the part that... You know, I understand, I get it, but at the same time, it's one of those things where you just kind of get pissed off at the way the justice system works. So, a deal was made. Prosecutors wanted to make sure that he at least served some jail time and some form of justice was served, so they agreed not to file charges in the two killings. Instead, Schindler agreed to plead guilty to attempted murder and was ordered to spend 8 to 20 years behind bars. I don't quite understand what that means. I always figured that a sentence was a definitive amount of time. You know, he got 8 years, he got 20 years, instead of such a broad range, like between 8 and 20. But I'm hoping that he serves the 20. Which still seems light to me, considering he very likely murdered two men in cold blood, with a hammer while they slept for no apparent reason at all. There is no evidence to suggest that he knew either victim. 
And it turns out he actually assaulted a third victim, but that victim lived. And of course, the victim couldn't identify him. Nothing could be proved beyond a reasonable doubt, and so attempted murder was the best that they could do. During my research into this case, I learned some really startling things about homelessness in Las Vegas that I had no idea existed. I wanted to take this time to bring them to your attention because they're important. People go to Las Vegas to party, they go to gamble, they go to drink, they go to have fun. But while all of this is happening in the city of sin, while people are drinking and gambling and partying, there is a dark underbelly of homeless people who are treated as less than human. Las Vegas officially has a law in place that makes it illegal for homeless people to sleep on streets. This includes people found camping, lodging, sitting, lying down, sleeping, and similar activities in most downtown areas. Those activities are now a misdemeanor punishable by up to six months in jail and a $1,000 fine, as if a homeless person could afford such a thing. Of the 1,096 inmates booked at the Clark County Detention Center for obstructive use of a sidewalk from December 2018 through November 2019, 251 of those were identified as homeless. And more than 150 people were thrown in jail last year for possessing a shopping cart. And of course, you can assume, one can assume that more often than not, those people would be homeless. In 2019, 204 people were arrested and incarcerated for remaining in a park after hours. 53 people were booked for misuse of a bus shelter or bus bench. I want to finish this episode off with a quote. And I think that Danny's sister, Keely, said it best. The homeless are people with family. They're fathers, sons, brothers, sisters, daughters. Just people who, for whatever reason, are living this life. It doesn't make them less of a person. He was still my big brother. We just had different paths. Nobody deserves to be murdered. Nobody, especially while they're asleep. It's hard to wrap your head around it and try to make sense of it. From what I have read in my research, it sounds like both families are content with the outcome of the case, considering that there wasn't enough evidence to go forward with a full murder prosecution. It is still incredibly sad to think about how this man could get away with murdering two of society's most vulnerable people in cold blood and serve, you know, a minimum of eight years, a maximum of 20. So that concludes the end of tonight's story. As I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, if you like this episode or this series, I would super appreciate any reviews you could provide on whatever podcasting app you're listening to. I am so, so thankful for your support and I'm stoked because this is episode 10. That means I have survived 10 episodes. I've done 10 episodes and I hope to do so many more. My goal is to put out two episodes a week and I really hope that I can do that. If you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Serial Napper. That's S-E-R-I-A-L-N-A-P-P-E-R. On Apple, if you search Serial Napper. On Spotify, and you don't need a premium, 
just search Serial Napper. And I'm also now on Twitter tweeting my little heart out about true crime and spooky stuff. So if you're on Twitter, you can find me over there. My username is Serial, S-E-R-I-A-L, underscore Napper, N-A-P-P-E-R. Until next time, don't be a Dahmer. Bye.